All right, welcome back everyone to another week of All In or All Out. My name is Kevin Harris. I'm your host. And this week, we're going to dive right in. We're going to talk about the 12 foundational truths of my life with God. And I I don't necessarily mean my life, but it's your life, everybody's life. And it's um, out of a book. Uh, The author is John Ortberg, O-R-T-B-U-R-G. And the name of the book is God is Closer Than You Think. And in it, he has these 12 foundational truths uh, of my life with God. And um, he put them in there and he said to read them, you know, Review these truths once a day for two weeks as you cultivate the practice of God's presence. And the word cultivate means try to acquire or develop. And the reason I already defined that was because it's going to be in one of the things. So with that said, uh, my mentor gave it to me, oh man, three months ago? I don't know something like that but ever since he gave them to me instead of two weeks i literally read them every single morning uh because it's just it's just a great reminder of these truths of our relationship with god and uh just how you know just amazing uh it can be and and sometimes we don't think about these things and the truths that he talks about and we're going to dive into each one of them and and i'll read them and, and we'll go over each one but um, just the reality of it and, and knowing that, you know, our experience with God, uh, I mean, it, you know, it, it, <laughs> it ultimately I mean, it relies on us and, and what we put into it and, and everything because, you know, God said he never leave us nor forsake us. So, you know, he's always there. Uh, it's up to us how we develop that relationship and, and the things that we can do to work on that. And I think this will give you, um, I mean, it's a great foundation uh, to build on. And, you know, I, I don't know how long I plan on reading them every morning, but, I, you know, I guess until I memorize them and know them. But um, it, it's it's really helped me out a lot because as I go out through the day and some of this stuff pops up and I'm like, ha. Huh man, you know, there's an opportunity or, you know, to grow or, oh, there's something I did good. You know, it goes both ways. So let's dive right into them. For the first one, it says, God is always present and active in my life, whether or not I see him. And and that's so true. I know there's a song that says, you know, uh, in the chorus or bridge or whatever you call it. I, I don't, really know what all that means but I'm learning because my wife sings and you know the kids are musically talented but uh, I have zero talent there but anyway it says God you know God is working even when I don't see it and and it's true you know God always he's always present and active in my life whether or not I see him because here's the deal God has a plan you've heard me say this before God has a plan for your life so God is always working on you for that plan for you to you know understand that plan uh see the plan 
uh, recognize it and work towards that plan. Um, for some of us, um, like me, uh, I can't speak for anybody, but for me, you know, I probably took the long way around <laughs> um, to get to that plan that God has for my life. My dad always told me, God has a plan for your life. And I, you know, oh, I got time. We'll figure it out later. But anyway, so God has a plan for your life. And so he's always present and active in your life for you, you know, even though you don't see him, he's working, you know, and, and you know, and I think about, you know, some things that, that have happened, you know, in my life that, you know, God provided at times that I didn't even realize it, you know, that I didn't see him, but he was there working when I, when I didn't see him. Um, you know, I, maybe I'll get into the story of last Christmas, how he provided, uh, for me and our family and the kids and stuff. And what an amazing story, uh, that was. And, and, you know, and the things were in place and I didn't see it until it, it came to. So, you know, so God is always present and active in my life, whether or not I see him. So remember that even when you don't think you feel God, see God working or doing anything, he is, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, the great theologian, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Garth Brooks, you know, some of the, uh, what is it? The unanswered prayers are, are the best. How does it go? Golly, that song's so old now. I can't remember. Um, I don't know. Unanswered prayers though. It talks about, uh, how some, some of his best, um, you know, answered prayers was God not answering them. So anyway, God's always working. Sorry about that. Um, I, I totally, it came to me and went away that thought, but anyway, uh, so God's always active in our life, whether or not we see him. Number two, coming to recognize and experience God's present is learned behavior I can cultivate it. And this is where I looked up the word cultivate. It says, try to acquire or develop. So it's saying, coming to recognize, this is us recognizing, realizing, and experiencing God's presence is a learned behavior. And you think, what does that mean? How do you, how do you, you know, how can you cultivate that? How can you, you know, develop, um, you know, an experience with God? But so think about it this way. Uh, I'll give you several examples and, and maybe relate to it. But it all boils down to one, you know, one of the best ways to do that is when we show love and, and not just any love. We show, you know, God's love, God's mercy, God's grace. So like say you're, you know, driving and you're in a long line of cars and you see up ahead this one car is just trying to get in, you know, regardless if they cut through or whatever, but they're trying to get in. You see everybody act like they don't see them or pass by them or keep going and, when you get up to them, you let them in. You show them a little love and you let them in. Or maybe, you know, you're at a restaurant, go through McDonald's drive-thru or Starbucks or something, and they mess up your order. You know, are you the one that goes back in there raising cane and want it for free or, you know, carrying on because they mess up your order? You know, I heard somebody say one time or read it or something, um, you know, I went to McDonald's and they messed my messed up my order and they're the ones that want $15 an hour. Well, 
regardless of what you get paid in an hour, even if you got paid $100 an hour, you're not perfect. You're going to mess up. So, but it's how we respond in those situations. That was a side note. Sorry for that, um, for that rant. But, uh, you know, or, you know, you, you, or, you know, you don't want to be that person. Instead, you, you know, be gracious because you've messed up. You've made a mistake. So show God's love. And so when you do that, you know, you're, you're cultivating, uh, the, you know, that experience of God's presence because, you know, God's love. And when we show love, you know, that's, we're experiencing God's presence because he, he has that in us, you know, God instills that love in us. And when we show it, you know, we, we feel his, um, presence and we can recognize that we can cultivate that, you know, or if you're going through the line and you see the person in front of you is, you know, giving the, the person taking the order, making the food a hard time. And, you know, so you come along and you encourage them, Hey, you're doing a great job. Cause I've done this before when I see you, because I've been in, you know, I've worked at McDonald's and Chick-fil-A and some of these, you know, and, and Domino's and stuff. And you see, um, you know, a lot of these people get treated bad, you know, because people think they're better than or, or whatever. But that's a whole nother thing. But anyway, you know, I, I've, I've seen it. So, you know, now I try to be that one that comes behind them, you know, after they just got, you know, a customer gave them up the road and, give them a hard time. I try to encourage them, tell them they're doing a great job. Keep it up. You know, it's not a big deal. I can be patient. I don't mind waiting, you know, those kind of things. So we can, we can show God's love so we can create those moments. And those are just examples. There's tons more example, but just know that when you're showing God's love, you know, you're experiencing God's presence because he instills that in you and you can create that you can cultivate it you can develop it you know and so it's a learned behavior and so we want to make sure that every day we're learning that behavior of showing love all right the next one is my task is to meet god in this moment so it's just like it says so once we've uh you know have experienced God's presence and we've learned it we've cultivated it so our task is to meet God in that moment we want to meet God and know that we feel God's presence we recognize that and we just want to make sure that, that we have an encounter with God I mean what what better way to put a smile on your face than know that you had an encounter with God and you know and and not only that you know you created that moment uh, of that encounter with God so that should be you know, um, that should put a smile on your face. So my task is to meet God in this moment. Uh, next, I am always tempted to live outside this moment. When I do that, I lose my sense of God's presence. So, and that's pretty self-explanatory. And, I, and I'll give you an example because I'll, I'll always give you an example of, of me uh, and where I went wrong because uh, uh, there's plenty of them for one, and uh, and I'm not, you know, it ain't my place to call anybody out. But so uh, I started working um, for uh, extra for some extra money for Christmas coming up stuff. Started delivering pizzas at night when I get off at the store, and so uh, when uh, one of the first nights, maybe the second night, but I think it was first night. But I, I learned real quick that you know not everybody's a good tipper regardless if I am or not, that doesn't mean I'm going to get tipped well. 
and some people aren't. And uh, so it is what it is, is what I've learned uh, to come to. But at first, I, I guess I was just kind of culture shocked or, or didn't realize it. And, you know, I delivered to this one house um, the instructions on the uh, receipt on the thing said, leaving the chair in front of the garage. So when I get there, man, they have this chair and they're sitting on a rug. So it was like, you know, obvious where to put the pizza and everything. But, you know, they, they needed to sign the ticket or, you know, put something for the tip or, you know, some give you cash for the tip, whatever the case may be. I get there, I'm looking around. Like, I don't see anybody. I don't see an envelope or anything with money in it for a tip. Like, no, it don't look like anybody's in the house. If they are, you know, doors are closed. And so... I'm like, are you kidding me? They want me to drop this off. They don't even want to tip me. And, you know, and so uh, uh, I was very frustrated and, and I let, you know, I let it get the best of me. And so on the little line where it says tip, I wrote thanks and uh, and I left it. Now, that was very petty and unnecessary. And, and so that's one of those moments where it says, that I was tempted and fell, you know, to live outside of that moment, outside of that presence of God, um, I lose my sense of God's presence. And I did. And I, you know, on the way back, I really started feeling the guilt and I shouldn't have done that and uh, whatnot. So, you know, in that moment, uh, I separated, you know, myself from God's presence. I lost that moment of God's presence because when I, you know, try to enjoy deliver the pizzas, say a little prayer over them for the people, you know, hope that they know the Lord or they don't, you know, have an opportunity to pray with them if that's the case or, or whatever. I, I try to use it as, as opportunities uh, like it's talking about, you know, of experiencing God's presence. Uh, but that moment, uh, I fell outside of it and had a weak moment and got the best of me. And so, um, you know, I lost my sense of God's presence. But there's one coming up that, that I love, that we're almost there, and um, that, uh, that helps with moments like that. But the next one is, when um, sometimes God seems far away for reasons I do not understand. Those moments, too, are opportunities to learn um so you know with that it's basically saying you know there are going to be times in our life where we don't feel like god's there you've ever answered asked the question god where are you you know what's going on why is this happening you know we we definitely have these moments of not feeling you know, like God's there. You know, there's a moment a couple months after my dad passed that I kind of fell into a lull and I, I couldn't feel God's presence and I couldn't, you know, no matter, I didn't have that um, feeling of being close to God. And, you know, and, and so, you know, there there are times that we're going to seem that we're far away for reasons we don't understand. And, and here's the thing, as I look back now through that time that I feel like that God's presence was there, um, he was. And in those moments, it says, you know, and in the, those moments, too, are opportunities to learn. You know, those opportunities to learn that, okay, I don't feel God's presence. Is there something that I can do different? You know, is there something, have I quit, you know, praying in the morning and quit doing my quiet time or reading my Bible or meeting with, you know, someone or, you know, serving? Um, man, they say, I heard a thing on the, um, 
uh, news. I think it was on the radio uh, on K-Love. They were talking about there's a study that showed serving was a great way for people who suffer from depression or have depression. And this time of year, there's a lot of seasonal depression that kicks in. And, you know, with the time change and it's darker more or whatever, but uh, it affects people. But to get over that, they say that serving is one of the best uh, best things for that. So uh, just a little side note. But uh, so those moments, man, we look, are, are we not serving like we should or should we be serving? Or, you know, we, we try to learn um, learn from those moments that and those opportunities, you know, where we don't feel God's presence. And, and here's my favorite one, the next one. Whenever I fail, I can always start again right away. Man, don't that just, it just, man, I'm telling you, every time I read that, it just makes me feel so good, so happy, because even that moment where I left, you know, I shouldn't have left a little note on the, you know, in the tip line or whatever, but as soon as I recognize that, I can ask for forgiveness and man, I can start over right then. Like, I don't have to wait till I stop the car. I don't have to wait on, you know, Jesus to come back. I don't have to wait, you know, I don't have to wait on somebody to say something. I don't have to wait on anything, man. Right in that moment, as soon as I recognize that I'm, you know, that I'm out of that presence of God or out of that moment of feeling God's presence, that whenever I fail, whenever I make a mistake, I can always start again right away. Man, is that yes and amen, man. Is that not amazing? Because, I mean, think about it. I look about all the past, you know, when I relapse or drugs or whatever, man, it goes through the shame and guilt and stuff, but I don't have to go through that, man. I can start over right away. And God forgives me. He says, as far as the east from the west, the depths of the sea, I mean, and he forgets it. You know, we're the ones that keep the record of things of the past and and don't forget it but just think about that whenever i fail i can always start again right away my favorite one um next one no one knows knows the full extent to which a human being can experience god's presence i mean just think about that like the fully like the full extent as a human being of experiencing God's presence. Now, in the Bible, it talks about Moses being up on the mountain and, and God's presence so bright that you couldn't even look at him. Like, he had an opportunity to experience God's fullness, but he couldn't. As a human being, he couldn't. So we, we have no record of the fullness, the full extent that we can experience God's presence. But just think about those times that you really can and you're beaming with joy and and just think, man, that, you know, how close am I or am I? It, it's, ah, man, it, it gives me uh, joy just knowing those moments and, and trying to feel, you know, the goal of trying to feel God's um, fully, feel his experience fully, presence. Um, my The next one, my desire for God ebbs and flows, but his desire for me is constant. Man, does that not warm your heart? It says, my desire for God ebbs and flows, which means it's up and down. It is there sometimes. It's not there sometimes. You know, it's, it's like turning a faucet on and off. Sometimes I turn it on. Sometimes I turn it off. But his desire for me is constant. His love is constant. His grace is constant. His mercy is constant. He never turns those faucets off. 
He's always showing love, always showing grace, and always showing mercy. So we just remember that. So once you realize that, yes, I failed, and I'm ready to start over right away, just know that God never stopped loving you, and His love is constant. So His desire for you is constant. All right, the next one. Man, y'all going to have me up in here preaching. Um, the next one. Every thought carries a spiritual charge that moves me a little closer or a little further from God. So you think about that. Every thought that we have, the thoughts that go through our mind. And, and here's the thing. I made a hat for, because um, uh, my mentor told, made a statement. You know, we can't help the thoughts that are flying over our head. Like we can't control you know, what Satan throws at us, what the devil throws at us, and the thoughts that go over our head. But what we can control are the ones that we let nest in our mind. You know, it's like a bird flying over your head. You know, you want them to keep flying. You don't want them to come down and, you know, have hair like Marge Simpson back in the day for the ones who remember the tall blue hair. But uh, for a bird to fly down and, and nest in it. So I made a hat that says, keep flying, and it says nest with a red circle and a mark through it. So, you know, I don't want the thoughts to settle. You want them to keep going. But know that every thought that you do take captive, every thought that you have, carries a spiritual charge. And either that charge is going to move you closer or a little further away from God. So think about that. So when we want to be judgmental sometimes. Now, is that thought going to take us closer to God? No. It's going to take us, you know, away from God. So think about that. When you're having those thoughts, and like I say, you know, thoughts get thrown up there all the time. Satan tries to get you, but it's the ones you entertain, the ones you, you know, that take root that really do the damage. And you got to know in those thoughts, you know, is that spiritual charge drawing you to God or taking you away from God? The next one, every aspect of my life. Work, relationship, hobbies, errands is of immense and genuine interest to God. Now think about that. It says every aspect of my life, work, relationship, hobbies, errands, errands. Think about that. Going to the grocery store. You, God cares about that. I mean, going to the grocery store, God cares about us going to the grocery store. He cares about us running errands of dropping things off or picking stuff up. Because he cares about everything. cared enough about us to count every hair on our head. You know, that not only that, think about this. The f Look at your fingerprints right now. Look at those. Do you realize you're the only person out of the billions of people that, have, that are here, been here on this earth, you're the only one with those fingerprints. God cares enough about you to give you unique fingerprints and make you unique different than anybody that's ever walked on the face of the earth and ever will that that's how unique that's how much he cares about about every aspect of our life he cares about everything that we do so we got to remember that that he cares enough for us to run our errands our hobbies uh, what we do you know, so make sure that those you know those spiritual charges are, are drawing to him and not away from him so, and then these last last two uh, get me every time. My path to experiencing God's presence will look will not look quite like anyone else's. My path to experiencing God's presence will not look quite like anyone else's. 
Think about that. How many times have you caught yourself, man, I wish I lived in a house like they do. Man, I wish I drove a car like they do. Man, I wish I had that job. Man, if I had that job, I could give more. I could do more if I made more money. You know, you ever had those thoughts? Because I know I have. Because in the business that we're in with our store and stuff, man, I see these other other people who have these stores and how well they're doing and all this. And I think, man, why can't we do that? Shouldn't we be doing X, Y, and Z so that we can be like that? You know, I catch myself. But every path, you know, your path, my path to experiencing God's presence will not look quite like anyone else's. It's just like our fingerprints being unique, man. Our path and how we experience God, how we feel God's love, show God's love will look different than anyone else. Because my gifts may are going to be different than your gifts. They may be similar, but they're going to be different in how we use them, articulate them, and whatnot. And then the last one. And man, do I find myself doing this. Straining and trying too hard do not help. Man, I mean, find myself trying so hard. Like, oh man, I just want to, I just want to just create it so bad and, and try so hard. And I strain to, you know, why isn't God answering me? Why isn't God, you know, why don't I feel his presence? Like, what am I doing? And, you know, I, I find myself straining and trying so hard that I that I miss things, you know, that I miss opportunities or miss something in front of me. You know, it's like that, um, uh, the guy that's, uh, on the roof of his house where it's flooded and there's nothing there. And he wrote on the house, you know, help or something. And, and uh, you know, a boat came by and said, no, God said he'd get me off this, this house. So I'm waiting on God. And then, you know, a helicopter flies by and goes to help him. And he says, no, God says he's going to get me off this house. Uh, so I'm waiting on God to get me off this house. And then the guy eventually drowns and he gets to heaven and he's like, God, you said you were going to get me off the roof of that house. You were going to save me. What happened? He said, well, I sent you a boat and I sent you a helicopter. What else did you need? So sometimes we try too hard. I know that was corny, dad joke, but uh, we try too hard and um, and it's right there in front of us. So, you know, um, when I worked in the car business, we had a motto. It's called KISS, K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. So don't call anybody stupid, but I'm just saying. That's what we would say, you know, because it is. You just keep it simple. Um, and it's not hard. You know, it, it says in the Bible, a kid can understand you know, God's love. And so there you go. They're the uh, 12 foundational truths of my life with God. I read those every morning uh, and it's out of a book called God is Closer Than You Think and it's written by John Ortberg. So when it comes to the foundational truths in your life with God, you're either all in or all out.